0: what's up fight fans it is friday january 4th 2019 happy new year mma world i'm gabriel you can find me on social media at double g on tv i am joined i can't believe i'm gonna say this for the last time by she is what is she she is the firecracker <laughs> The she will is what she once told me She has been WCW. She is always going to be WCE. She is my partner forever, Miss Kayla Beatty.
1: What's up, G? What's up, Fight Fans? Happy New Year. We have lots to discuss um, as we go over everything that went down in 2018, but especially the last UFC fight um, of the year. It was crazy. G, how are you?
0: I am good it is bittersweet to be on the air but I figured you know what the show must go on um I wish I had time to tell you everything that has happened literally minutes before I got on the air it is more drama than Jones Habib and Colby Covington combined I feel like Mm -hmm. so I've been on quite an adventure but uh Kayla your last show how does it feel
1: it feels bittersweet. You know, I'm pursuing something new that I'm also super excited about, but of course I'm going to miss the good times of chatting MMA. I know that won't end though, G, because we always, we keep texting about MMA anyway. It just won't be um, on air.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that as much as, um, you know, I think that we get to publicly have our adventure together on the show and Certainly, we've collaborated a lot. I think that um the first thing is that it is not a funeral. There's a good chance you will probably see Kayla and I around doing stuff in the future. It's just, you know, every week and every time, you know, it is, you know, it, that's going to change. But as always, you know, we've said it and we'll reiterate it several times throughout the show. You know, we and you and I are always going to have each other's back. And certainly we're always going to be able to talk to you guys about whatever going on that you guys want us to. But yeah, so let's get right into it, because obviously it is still a fight show. And what I, here's the thing, if it were boring, I probably would have asked you, you know what? You got to leave on a good one. Kayla, this was a good one. And I know we have a lot of feelings about the main event, but I we've got to start there. John Jones gets the job done against Alexander Gustafsson. Um, I know and I, I understand if people feel a certain way about John. And I will also admit right now, he won battle number one. Battle number two is making sure that his next test is positive. We've just been through this song and dance too many times. I am going to give him the respect. Until that next test has something happen, I'm going to take it at face value. He looked very good on Saturday night. He looked even better than the first time against Gustafsson. And I said, one of these things about guys like John Anderson, GSP, is even if you think they might be a little compromised or have some going on, there's that X factor. And John pulled out leg kicks we hadn't seen before, and that really messed up the mobility of Gustafsson and set up the finish in the third round. What were your thoughts on the fight?
1: Yeah, you know, that was one of my concerns is as much as he's been able to keep it together inside the octagon with all of the drama that's, you know, happened. Um, he I wasn't sure if this was going to be that time that finally kind of got to him because there was so much going on, Um, even just with the change. You know, a lot of fighters could have been affected with just the change of location, but especially with all eyes on him. And like you said, he has that X factor. He brought it. He still showed us how he's bringing, you know, um, new elements to his game. Uh, and and, and I, I don't know. After the first round, I, I could already tell there was something up with Alex and that something had kind of uh, broke his momentum. And he got it done, you know, earlier in the first round. Alex Gustafsson came out and said, you know, he caught me with something and, and I just wasn't uh, going to be the same in there. Um, you know, obviously still put up a little bit of fight, but it was, it was John Jones night and all fairness to him. I mean, the more I talked with somebody about the, um, from the California uh, athletic commission, when they kind of broke down explaining, um, it, it better to me about the test and about why stuff is still in the system and at the small amount, it made me feel better, I guess, about him competing, about him coming back and, and. Hopefully, in you know in the next year or two, he can kind of get past some fights without there ever being an issue or discussion, but I'm still a little salty by the attitude that we saw of John Jones during press week, but if we're talking about the performance, amazing
0: yeah, and I'll certainly bring that up in a minute because that's just um that's just John Jones' story, and I think that uh you know I hate to say it because he's a young guy. <laughs> Who could be in the fight game for quite a while still, but I think that this is the kind of thing that you're just never going to shake. One bad test, one missed weight, things like that. People forget when you've been at the top for a while. People don't forget this kind of stuff. You see, guys in NFL, they get into serious trouble. They win a Super Bowl, and you still got that guy everywhere who's going to bring it up and remind you that some happened to them. So it's really tough. But you know, once again. Gonna take it at face value, and I'm gonna say, John Jones, just like we talk about plenty of fighters, now it's up to you to show us that you're back. And I think that's the biggest thing. MMA is more exciting when he's here. I think he's an amazing talent, and if for nothing else, I would hope that we would not be deprived of watching a guy as special as he is compete. But once again, the rules are there for a reason, and just the same way that I and everybody else, whether you're in the sport or just a fan, have to abide by them, so does he. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the future for John, because even Daniel Cormier has brought it up that Brock Lesnar is not as much as a sure thing as it was seven months ago in July. But, you know, it's more interesting now. John did his part. He won that belt back. What do you think is next for him?
1: Next for him? um... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, G, I mean, again with this being my last show and, like, focusing on other things I haven't even looked into. I've seen, mm-hmm. like, of course, people posting about tweets between him and DC. Um, but – and then I think even Alex discussing uh, possibly trying to, you know, change Stick other forever. directions wins and, and kind of grab uh, maybe DC's attention and or whatever fights they're kind of setting for heavyweight. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like people want to see that last fight with DC. I feel like there's something about DC that kind of, um, you know, one minute he doesn't think he needs to fight Jones. And I think the competitive side, the next minute he does. So I'm just going to go out and say, I want to see that trilogy between him and DC before DC retires. So that's what I'd like to see that. What do you want to see?
0: You know what? I think so. And I think that, um, I'll say like it is. We're, we For example, we're not going to talk about it, but everybody knows about the triangle going on with Woodley, Covington, and Kamara Usman. I feel like DC is trying to make something like that happen, where it's like, you know what? I don't want to give it to this guy. I know it's the money fight, but I want to fight someone else and X, Y, Z. And it's like, guys, you know, just. Get in the cage already with somebody, you know, <laughs> get Brock in there or get it. I just want just, you know, let, let's get the ball rolling already. Um, I do agree with you. I think that's just the fight that has to happen. I don't think DC wants it to. I think he's trying to take this moral high ground. It's just not there. I feel like, you know what, either walk away and just, you know, just say you don't want to fight John. You know, uh, he keeps like y- you. gotta say it or not, and I know no fighter wants to look bad and say they don't. But I feel like he just has to. Um, my thing, as I see, <laughs> as I see here right now, <clears throat> I as much as I think, wish and wanted to, I don't think DC wants to fight Jones. I think that they're gonna have to offer him a lot of money, and he'll bring that up. Otherwise, he's gonna fight either Miasic for the vacant title, or maybe they get Brock in there. But I think that he is looking at every option before he has to book himself against Jones. And I think he'll do it at 205. I don't think he really wants to try to risk his heavyweight title and have Jones have that over him on his last night. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to go through it, in my opinion.
1: So you think that DC will be able to call the shots over John in this one?
0: Yes, I do think think that. Yeah, I just, I I know it's the fight to make. I know there's everything. There's a lot of reasons why you want to see it. Of course we do. I just don't think that it makes sense anymore. I think that DC in his heart doesn't want to do this song and dance when he's looking to just ride into the sunset. I really do believe that. But it's it's one of those things. Um, I want to say something. I want to shout out Alexander Gustafsson real quick and everyone talked about chris cyborg which i w- obviously we're going to go in depth in a minute but gustafson he went out there and man was i impressed with him post fight as much as a lot of people have criticized him and sometimes with good reason he went out there and they asked him you know after the fact do you wish that you had pushed the fight and he said no i i wanted to fight john and i do not regret moving to vegas from vegas to la i don't regret you know the testing and all that, he really showed a lot of class. I was very impressed, and I really want to shout it out that if you haven't seen it because you're focused on watching Chris or Amanda's press conferences, he really did have a good one, and I think that that says a lot about where he's at mentally. I don't think he's done in MMA, so I think that there's still a lot of, a lot of fight left for both men, and I just want to leave it at that. Kayla, can I tell you something crazy? What? I hope you were sitting down but so I was looking at I was on my way home on Saturday night, as you know, I was ended up being there. Oh, I want to bring the Oh, I'll go back to it. But um, Kayla, I have been there now. And you were with me for one. I was there the night Demetrius Johnson lost. I was there the night that Anderson Silva lost. (laughs) And this past Saturday, I don't think I could go to the Legends fights anymore. I can now say I was there the night Chris Cyborg was finally defeated and it was in our co-main event by Amanda Nunes. Kayla,
1: what happened? I know, Uh, G. I think that you're um, the champion's bad luck charm. Or I guess, let's stay positive. You're the... Uh, contenders good luck charm
0: <laughs> I like that I like that Um dude talk to me about this fight because I st- I was there I'm still not sure what I want to say about it
1: yeah I mean I, I watched it out at a bar and I remember everyone's mouths just dropping it was one of those you know it was a shocking win and I think I don't know there's something about Amanda that again it's just kind of the division kind of sitting around there and not even because of her but because of just the UFC being kind of confused as what to do with the 135 and 145ers there was a lot of time that I think um, there was just like a lot of too much discussion happening and not enough um, talk about actually defending these belts uh, fights being made Um, and there's something about Amanda that like I just couldn't really get behind her when she was saying I am the best out there, even when she had beat Ronda. and maybe it was because, you know, it had already been done before in such a shocking way. But like, I think this is that fight that kind of shut me up and schooled me along with a lot of other people that she really is the real deal. And I think that it was such a incredible moment for women's MMA and especially, you know, for these, girls that are in the higher weight classes i think that she's someone that is going to go down i mean i love um that um photo that everyone's sharing that of someone's artwork of you, you know it is a little over the top but of um the heads of all of the ladies Misha, <laughs> Rhonda, and um
0: cyborg and, now
1: yes and cyborg thank you um and her and her lioness uh you know cr- uh, chair um she, she's just incredible it was it was shocking I mean we had a feeling that if she was going to get it done it would be done um you know sooner in the fight and I, I kind of you know I had said earlier in our prediction podcast that I would wanted to, this fight to kind of go a little bit longer but I'm so happy with how it went because I just think it was such a monumental moment I do want to talk about whether we want to see it played back or not but gee what were your what was your reaction of being there live Okay,
0: um I could say this, that it reminded me, I think it was even crazier than Anderson Silva's. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you why, because when I was there for Anderson, I could tell you that the room went quiet. I can say that for Amanda over <laughs> Chris, it was like the energy just, it was like a hot air balloon. Just everyone th- just like heated up, all the energy just kept rising and rising. And when Cyborg went down that final time, like there was that genuine shock. Like you could hear everyone gasping. It was insane. Um, It really just was like a bubble popping. Just you couldn't believe what just happened. Um, Kayla, I've looked at it. I've watched it. I've thought about it. I want to say this. I do think that Amanda caught Cyborg early cyborg you know they were exchanging i can't say cyborg was really hurt but you've seen it by now that sequence cyborg comes at amanda doesn't land that direct hit on the face she leaves herself open and amanda nunez click click bang bang two direct hits on the chin cyborg isn't the same and obviously the beginning of the end you know a few seconds later to me i think that part of it you know you could say cyborg got caught and I think that that's a fair assessment when it ends in 50 seconds and you're as good of a striker, but you have to give credit where it's due. Amanda Nunez wasn't intimidated. I still think she was smaller. She would probably tell you she's not physically as powerful, but it's about confidence, and from the beginning, you could see it in her just like a lot of these contenders when they shock the world. She was confident, and that was part of it, to have the presence of mind to land the hits that got the job done against Chris Cyborg, she was not afraid to stand and trade. And that was half the battle in there. She, that's what helped her get the job done on Saturday night. So, man, you know, I, I, she's up there. I, I know a lot of people are talking about, well, is she the best ever now? You beat Jermaine Durandami, You beat Julia Budd. You beat Rhonda Misha, now Chris. You have an argument. Now, yeah. you could say that Julia Budd wasn't the Julia Budd we know now. The same thing for Durandami. But, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about longevity. And I know that she had her ups and downs. She had the losses to Kat Zingano and everything like that. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And just like Max Holloway, maybe she needed to get a few of those losses under her belt to be everything she can be. And I think that's what we really saw. We saw the best Amanda Nunez ever on Saturday night. And that's saying something.
1: So... What do you think about this immediate rematch? I think the reason why people aren't as behind it is because, again, we don't know what's going on with the division.
0: I would agree, but I'm also going to say, why not? Uh, Look at Cyborg, look at Amanda. Then you need to tell me this. Do you see a more interesting fight for either woman? For Amanda, do you really want to see her fight Durandami? Do you really want to see her wait for Holly Holm? If you're Chris Cyborg, you know, you're about to ride off into the sunset, possibly. We still don't know. I don't really want to see Cyborg and Megan Anderson, if we're being honest. I feel like they deserve that rematch, if anything, to just, you know, sort it all out. And that's kind of a nice thing about this particular fight is that both women, they don't necessarily have that big option looming for them otherwise, if you ask me. What about you?
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that this is where I have trouble with Amanda even still is if, you know, she builds a legacy that, and and she's on her way of building it just with the names that she's taken out, but Chris has built her own legacy of just her streak that she had going and for being dominant for so long that I'm just, that's where I feel like there's respect lacking. Yes, you caught her, and yes, you clearly, like, took out you know, this dominant woman that was was reigning for so long that no one thought could be beat. But out of respect, if she's saying, hey, now forget about boxing for a second. I want my rematch. I just think out of respect and for the reason that you just said of neither lady having this uh, other option that everyone's going crazy about, that's where you give her that rematch. Because when you are later at the top and you get cracked by, you know, somebody else, and you're asking for that rematch, it's gonna look like a real punk ass move if you didn't do it for Cyborg.
0: Yeah, and I'd also like to point out what's the difference Cyborg compared to Stipe Miocic? <clears throat> for one, you got the shadow of Brock Lesnar, you got John Jones out there. Those are big fights. Ask any fan, honestly, even if you're a Stipe fan, what fight is more exciting, the DC rematch or DC Jones 3 or DC Lesnar? you know what the right answer is there isn't that situation for amanda and chris that there's that other fight so it's kind of apples to oranges and look i get it amanda wants to enjoy her moment and she deserves it chris cyborg wants a rematch she's right to ask for it i don't like that there's more being made of it than as much as it is right now because i feel like it is very clear cut but um We'll see. Um, I don't think Valentina Shevchenko's right there either for people who are asking about that fight with Amanda. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think this one makes sense.
1: No, there's but, too many um, contenders in Valentina's division. They need to
0: get that division going. Yeah, she needs to stay there and handle a little more business. But, you know, 2020, if they're still killing it, I'm all for it. I'll say that right now, too. But, you know, just not there yet. But, yeah, look, uh, Kayla, crazy night. Um, Megan Anderson, the Topoke. I know you've probably seen the clips somewhere. Let me tell you something. That was weird. And it was so anticlimactic. It just was hard to put into words. What did you think of watching that one?
1: Yeah, I only saw, like, little clips on Instagram. I couldn't um, find anywhere to play it back. Yeah. Um, but, and I didn't get to the bar in that time. I only got to see, like, the last, like, three or four fights but um I hear yeah from what I saw and from what I hear other people saying very funky I kind of hate when that kind of stuff happens because I don't feel like you didn't really get to see the fight that you wanted and I feel you know um I guess for those ladies too because right now they need those performances that are going to be memorable and to get people to keep wanting to see their face more often
0: yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say it very bluntly. Megan Anderson was hoping to handle business and call out the winner. Uh-huh. Uh, You're kind of—it was kind of a lateral move there, if we're being honest. But when you look at what just happened in the coming event, maybe now she's got time to run it back with Kat Zingano. I mean, it's—it's yeah. it's, it's not the way I would have wanted it to play out, but I think that's exactly what's just happened, in a weird way. Um, another one. This one, um. Wow. Ryan Hall, the heel hook on BJ Penn. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people, there was genuine excitement for BJ Penn because we felt like, you know what? Ryan Hall isn't the guy to be able to dominate BJ. He just doesn't have that style, that kind of pop. And he pulls out that move out of the hat, Kayla. How does that happen? It was crazy.
1: I know. And the thing is, is, yeah, I mean, I, one, I think that we all were hoping that we would be able to get a great performance out of BJ Penn because he clearly needed one right now. And I wonder if that's why they picked someone that was so just like, you know, known for that style and, and, and that groundwork. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, gee, it just looked a little too easy for me. I don't know if Ryan Hall maybe is that evolved fighter and has, you know, more to his game than all of us like to... Uh, You know, from what a lot of us have seen, or if it really is just BJ Penn's time to, you know, finish out there. And because I I don't know what fights they can make where there's a little bit of intrigue. People had some intrigue with this one, thinking that it would be a little bit more competitive.
0: I think the numbers speak for themselves. Yes, Ryan Hall is great. I think that him and Charles Oliveira on the ground is going to be fun if Charles really does want to go back to 145. Um, for BJ Penn, the numbers are what they are. I think they said he's on a seven or eight fight losing streak. He's got several long hiatus over a year in that span. Um, you're talking about a guy who hasn't won, I think, officially since like 2010. I, uh, I just can't say anymore. You know, I, I, we've said it several times. I'm going to say it very bluntly, if BJ Penn wants to be the announcer, the commentator, the backstage reporter, the mm-hmm. guy who sings the national anthem when the UFC goes <laughs> to Hawaii, give it to him. But I think you are now doing that man a disservice by continuing to let him to fight. You you know, you're talking about Chuck Liddell. How many losses did Chuck have before Dana White pulled the plug? BJ Penn is about to triple that number.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it just is what it is. But um, it's tough. It's a tough one to say because I love BJ. BJ. I know the fans out there loved it i was excited to see him and i did get genuine like you know maybe this is that one bj can let it go if he gets this one and it ends like that again and that was really tough you know
1: yeah and i mean ryan hall knew who he was going in there against so if he saw that opening early he's gonna take it and do what he knows best
0: exactly and you know that's just how this cookie crumbles and um that's just how it was but look another historic night John Jones makes MMA more intriguing. Amanda Nunes shocks the world. Um it, for one way day in 2018 and just kickstart everything for the ESPN era. I think it was very entertaining personally. So I enjoyed it. It was a great card. And but,
1: I'm glad you got to be there live.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It was the last, it was like one of those last minute ones and I was like, you know what? You could get it, you know, the ticket ain't that bad for you, Gabriel, just go for it. And, you know, Wallace it's just... in L.A. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but don't worry, we're going to have to be at the next one. You know this. <laughs> but now, moving on, there was a lot of um, New Year's Eve action, obviously rising by now. Everyone knows Kyoji Horiguchi shocks Darian Caldwell to become the Bantamweight champion. Caldwell in Bellator already calling it back. And then, yes, of course, Floyd Mayweather even by his standards, handle business. So there was stuff going on in Japan. But the next one, PFL crowned six new champions, mostly underdogs. I think that's very impressive because a lot of these guys, you know, you got guys, the oldest guy in the tournament, the guy who retired, you know, you got a lot of vets in there who got the job done. That was a feel-good story for me. But I think the one that you and I need to talk about, I'm going to go on the record right now. And have the audio evidence forever for her. My second, I repeat, second, numero dos, second favorite Kayla in the world. Kayla Harrison gets the job done. Kayla, what do you think about the other Kayla?
1: I think she's great. I love that PFL had her fight, you know, in their final event of the of the year and of this season and of, um, you know, just their first run because... You know, she is someone that they're really trying to build up and get that star quality. And she continues to deliver, um, you know, outside of the cage and in. And I like that she is someone that is already talking about opening up a newer weight class for women, too. I believe I've heard her talk about um, either going, maybe it's with the 155, one, Yeah, right? the 155. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love everything she represents, and I think that she might be, you know, that new age of girl that's going to even push the boundaries more and be that next big star. So, and, you know, I love that MMA is going into the direction of possibly having champ versus champ with different organizations because then she's someone that can, you know, do that for PFL or if she decides to sign with someone else later. And we really will figure out who the top, you know, um, bad babe is on the planet if you're seeing crossover um, championship fights happen. So, yeah, I think it was a a great ending for PFL. Um, I love how a lot of these wins ended in finishes, and what a great, you know, um, organization and prize. I hope that they can do a (laughs) second season because that was my favorite thing about it, G, is, you know, if they're actually getting paid that million dollars, like, that's a huge, a huge... um, change, change and kind of like you know almost like a big cloud going over the other promotions too of like hey you know if people see that this is now a consistent thing you might have a few more people knocking on that door saying is the ufc is bellator the best place for me or should i you know look elsewhere where other people are getting paid and being young money millionaires
0: i think to me it's about um free agency If you ask me, like you got a lot of guys, um, you know, the middle of the pack, uh, guys like Rory McDonald, Eddie Alvarez stood out to me. If they were, you know, hitting free agency this coming year, for example, hypothetically, you would say that, hey, you know, maybe they are are looking at PFL and a million dollars in the competition, so to speak. So I think that that's a big one. Uh, To talk about the other Kayla, I think that she's great. I think that she's really doing a lot of stuff. I think that she's got a great game so far. She is, I think, in a lot of ways, what we kind of hope to see out of Mackenzie Dern. Mm -hmm. I know we haven't seen Mackenzie in a minute, and I'm hoping we see her a lot in 2019. But I think that's the biggest thing, is that she seems really excited about being in MMA and focusing on MMA and being that person in mma specifically um not to say that Mackenzie doesn't go out there and fight hard but i feel like kayla really does have that kind of motivation and that's exciting to me that when you have a prospect who's that enthusiastic about being that person i think that's a big thing and i think that's why people are excited she has a very tough game um i think it's funny she's not just you know obviously from judo, familiar with Ronda, but they used to be roommates mm-hmm. when they were like 16 and 20. I find that so funny. And um, I know Ronda was shouting her out and supporting her. And we know that Ronda, as focused as she is on WWE, doesn't come back to MMA world often. But for her to shout out her friend, Kayla Harrison, I think that said a lot about her respect for her and just what she's doing. So I'm excited. Kayla, I want to start some beef okay are you leaving mma because you're ducking a grappling match with the other kayla <laughs> Yeah, she Kalas? bullied
1: she bullied me out of the sport i kept getting like notes left in my locker when i would train over at 10p kayla's coming for you i'm scurgey you, you i can't believe you just called me out on air saying that <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? I I I would be I would corner you against Kayla Harrison. I think you could do it. All right, maybe I'll you know, make a comeback. She's big and powerful and blonde, <laughs> and you know, you're brunette, so uh, that's like a classic matchup right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're crafty, you trained with a champion. I I promise you I will give you my best Friday night lights pep talk when you take her on, okay? We'll get you through it.
1: We'll see, we'll see.
0: Yeah. But no, it was a crazy night, you know. Kayla, I, I was gonna tell you a story. You know what? Um, one of the things from UFC 232, you know, just the experience. People, people have a lot of things to say about MMA, and I think we're gonna see it a lot, especially when we talk about the competition. Like, I was out there, and during Jon Jones' fight, they were chanting things. They were chanting, Pecogram, Usada. Uh, <laughs> everything. They were really giving it to John. I'm not going to lie. I was impressed more with the fact that he kind of stuck to the script in the middle of that, because there were a few times where I was like, dude, they are, they are being merciless. And, you know, you could make the argument that, you know, it's not surprising, but you know, fans, people don't give the fans enough credit. I think they are really motivated and excited to see a show. And I, I think that we're going to see that, and that especially plays into my next point. Kayla, next year you have UFC, Bellator, PFL, and 1FC is going to be airing in the United States. You also have Ryzen that's expected to keep co-promoting stuff with Bellator. Um, Is there going to just be too much MMA, or is all of these options now a good thing, in your opinion?
1: I think it is a little overwhelming, and I think that, we see that where people are setting up these crazy systems with several screens going on. Um, I think that we even felt it. Gee, I know you were saying about kind of commuting to go, you know, up North and then be back for a combate show. I mean, it is, it's a lot, it's a lot to cover. And I think that's just, it's also just where the world's going, right? It's like overstimulation of, of so much content out there. Um, and I think it might even be hard for fighters because it's more pressure on you to be someone to tune into. Yep. Um, so it's great that these companies are getting the momentum to like make these big power moves. Um, you know, ONE FC announcing that they're they're airing in the US, PFL doing their thing, um, Bellator doing more shows and going, you know, overseas. UFC breaking into other territories it's great um but it is it's a lot so i also hope that they kind of like respect each other enough to like you you saw it a little bit like when there's the heavyweight grand prix it seemed like the UFC i don't know maybe they did i'm just kind of i guess hoping that everyone kind of gets along that they kind of had respect for when you know the greats and the legends Um, like a Fedor would be fighting that maybe they took that back and um, didn't schedule something, but I think they're going to have some conflict here Um, and it will be interesting just to see how fans respond to it because it's a lot.
0: Yeah. In in my mind, there's going to be just that challenge um, when you have so many events and so many fights to put on, there's going to be crossover and overlap and to figure it out the way I've kept, Wait, this is my favorite analogy one more time for you, for the win. (laughs) It's like a cop show and a medical drama. Just because it's not law and order or something doesn't mean that your favorite channel doesn't make money off their cop show. And it's the same thing with MMA. No, they are not selling out millions of pay-per-views for a Conor McGregor if you're Bellator or PFL. That's not the point. The point is they're putting on exciting fights that fans tune into on a Thursday. UFC doesn't air on Thursday. Doesn't air Ultimate Fighter on Fox or now ESPN or whatever. It doesn't air. So if you're an MMA fan and you just want to watch something, that option is there for you. Same thing with Bellator tending to be on Friday nights. And I'll tell you this. The biggest thing that stood out to me, because I've talked to Carlos Silva, the PFL um, founder and CEO. I've talked to Campbell McLaren, the Combate Americas, the MMA Pro League. Um, all of these guys tell me the exact same thing. Yes, UFC is awesome. Yes, Bellator is killing it. But we're out there and giving fans an option and giving them exciting fights. And that's why we're in the market. It's not to, you know, try to compete with UFC on a Saturday night. It's about putting on the best show we can, making it exciting and treating, you know, and just putting on a good show, good for the fighters, good for the fans. I think that this is great. And look, I think if you're a fan... Let's say like it is. Not all of us, you know, tune in, watch every fight, et cetera, et cetera, the way you and I have. It, you know, a lot of casual fans, you'll tune into your favorites. You'll tune in when it's convenient, when there's nothing on, when it catches your eye. That's okay. And that's plenty of way to develop fighters. And look, the Kayla Harrisons, the Aaron Picos, the AJ McKees, they are going to get your attention. They're going to make you tune in eventually on Friday nights. You got to let them grow. And I think the fans, you know, if you build it, they will come. And I think that's what we're seeing out of PFL. I think we're going to see that in one with all the new additions. And I think Bellator is the blueprint to show that you can build an audience that's not UFC. But it is going to be a lot, Kayla. I'm going to need you to frequently send me a lot of, you know, positive affirmations because that's going to be a lot of MMA for me. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and I think the thing, too, is they're going to have to figure out You know, I think that it's great that MMA uses platforms like Twitter and and Instagram to, you know, really deliver a lot of exciting news. Um, A lot of the news outlets are, are posting stuff on Twitter and updates, you know, live updates from the fights. But I think it's also making it easy for people to just kind of upload a couple second clip. And that's all people want to see. And it's steering them, steering them away from actually watching a full fight unless something exciting happens. So with all this streaming and all of the stuff that we're going to talk about and, and kind of changing things over of guiding people to watch fights a certain way, I think that it's also dangerous waters too of, of hurting, you know, like there's some people that with other sports, they will only tune in to like highlights and maybe, you know, dig a little bit deeper if something exciting happens during that
0: sporting event. Yeah. And, um, perfect segue. Let's talk about it. Streaming in 2019. So I did the math for us to be specific UFC, especially 11 of their next 20 are going to be streaming on ESPN plus. There's five other ones in that 20 that are going to be pay-per-views. Only four shows are going to be on television on big ESPN we already know Bellator is pushing hard. It should be noted, Bellator is putting some big cards as the zone exclusive. The Musasi McDonald, Alima in Hawaii, they are, you know, they're doing it strategically. I think you really got to acknowledge that. And now, obviously, 1FC is entering it. So the game is going to change this year. And I think this is the one that nobody knows exactly what is going to happen, if we're being honest. So let's ask a few basic questions. Kayla, do you think people are still going to tune into UFC at the same numbers as before now that it's going to focus on streaming?
1: Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so because I think that – well, it just depends of what time you're asking because I think when we had Connor and Rhonda really at their peak, that's when people were ordering a lot of those pay-per-views and getting all those casual fans um, to tune in for them. Um, I I don't know. It's gonna be. I feel like they picked the right company to do it with. So if they're going to bring in a lot of new casual fans to love it enough to you know pay for a package to stream and watch all of the UFC fights, I think ESPN is the one to do it with. Um, but. I do feel like that streaming that move lost a lot of um, not maybe not lost them, but just collectively kind of like set some MMA fans back of saying, wait a second, I don't know if I want to commit to fully this with all the other companies and fights going on like Bellator um, and other companies moving into streaming too.
0: (laughs) You know, I've been so on the fence because my initial thought is, yes, absolutely, it's going to affect them. It has to. And I think that um, short term, yes, it is. I do think you are gonna have a lot of fans get to Twitter and say, oh, you guys paid to watch TJ and Henry Cejudo, yada, yada. Guess what? I'm saving money and life is good on the other side of uh, UFC. I'm sure there's going to be fans who feel that way. But I also was thinking about it all the things that people already pay for unexpectedly, whether it's an Apple Music, a Netflix, whether you're doing a Hulu or, you know, maybe you got guys, the NFL or NBA app or, you know, all this other stuff. People already do pay for certain services that maybe you thought were free. Like, look, there's a lot of movies on television. A lot of people still have their Netflix. It's not unheard of. You know what I mean? So, I do think that short, um, short returns, yes. January, I'm not expecting the big numbers to come in. I do think it's going to be a building process, though, because I do think fans still want to watch their UFC. They still want to watch their MMA. And when you talk about it, you know, the more stars that they put on ESPN+, the more fans you're going to get to subscribe and try it out and see what's on it. So I think that that's what it's going to be at the end of the day. You're going to have to build it. You're going to have to put a lot of emphasis on the stars you put on there. Otherwise, you're not going to get the fans that you do want. And yes, pay-per-views are going to now be very strategic. If we're being honest. Um, here's another question. With streaming now, do fans want to, are still going to watch live or are they going to watch it after the fact when it's convenient?
1: I'm sure a mixture of both, but I think the hardcore one's live because people want to talk about it and be the first one to try and post about it or have a reaction. That's such a thing now. Um, But it depends event to event. What do you think?
0: I think that um, I actually think there's going to be a big move of later on. And I'll tell you Mm -hmm. why, because I was really trying to put my finger on it. What is the biggest difference when you talk about a streaming versus on TV? is that let's say i'm streaming uh, and i'm using either my phone or my computer and connecting it to the tv well that means that if i'm using espn plus on my phone i cannot use my phone to text instagram what have you you know while i am streaming the fight same thing if i have my laptop or my computer set up connected to the tv you know to use espn plus there it's the same kind of concept i think that a lot of people I think that's a big frustration for people now. You know, yes, you could watch your Netflix on your phone. But if you're talking about watching it on TV or watching it, you know, you know, you got to sacrifice your laptop or what have you. You can't just, you know, flick it and use them both. That is going to be the big thing. And I do think there's going to be a big move of after the fact. Now, is that going to affect ratings and how they do business? I don't know. That's still a big mystery. But I do think that that fact alone is going to change the game a lot personally. And yeah, there's going to be some fighters like TJ Henry. You probably do want to watch that one live. Uh, whoever's next, probably not. And I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch also. Um, final question, Kayla. And you brought this up. You used to be able to watch, for the price of cable, everything. UFC, Bellator, PFL, Combate Americas. Um, shoot, there used to be other fights on other channels. Um LFA, depending on your cable provider. used to be able to get all of it. Now you're talking about $5 extra a month for ESPN, $10 for Bellator and DAZN. At what point do fans stop paying? At at what point do they say no about paying to watch their MMA in in this way?
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask you is who is in your crew that's paying for DAZN, paying for ESPN Plus, and how many Um, do they have it like a Netflix or Hulu where you can have a certain amount of, uh, TVs or phones streaming it, devices streaming it. I think it comes down to that. If you have your MMA crew that you watch stuff with, you can kind of save in that way. Um, but if not, I think that's where we're going to see it come into play where people are going to say, you know, unless it is a Connor or John Jones fighting, I'll just, I'll find the highlights on some, on the line somewhere. And
0: I, I want you can,
1: it's just going to it's going to be interesting because we have to see how they avoid that.
0: Dude, just text me anytime you want my ESPN plus. You're good. You don't <laughs> have to You, you already know that, Kayla. You you need it. You got it. Don't, you know, just say, Gabriel, I'm going to be using it. OK, cool. No worries. Good looking. Don't that. react. Don't react to that email. You guys, <laughs> you his password is. Me.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs>
0: You, you know, you texted a very popular fighter from my phone making a joke. And ever since that day, I have never been able to get the interview, Kayla. That is not nice. Everyone, okay, remember, everyone always thinks Kayla is so nice. I don't even remember this the most, you're talking about. Everyone, she is, everyone, you know, is like, oh, you know what? She's so cool. No, she is mean. <laughs> she is trying, she tries to hit me on our um, little, um, our recaps and previews that we've done, she tried to choke me out once. You guys don't know Dark Kayla. You just know fangirl MMA. And I just need to bring light to this on our final show. Killer face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did you like that story? I did. I, I heard it. I thought it was hilarious. Now, um, I, I will say this. I do think that's another question to be answered. And I agree with you. That is a big part of it. I can't tell you that there are people trying to figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if pe- a lot of people we know are asking that question, how do we split this? And look, that's a challenge. And um, I will say this. Right now, Bellator landed the first punch. They're putting big fights. And then if you're a fight fan, Canelo, Anthony Joshua, these are big names to have on your service. And you're also getting Bellator. That is big. But UFC is counting on the brand, the price. It is still less per month and as a yearly bundle. That is going to be huge. And I think that the ESPN plus UFC brand is going to help carry them over a lot. But once again, it's about what fights they put on. You're going to have to do some very strategic scheduling and hope these guys stay healthy in the first year if you want to really carry it over because Bellator's got a good deal bellator's got a great deal and that's going to be the biggest challenge in my opinion but yeah you know do i predict a lot of people canceling their bellator membership in january yeah because now you got espn and you know i think that that's what we're gonna see which and i think it's a good thing kayla both promotions competing to put the best shows on streaming i'm good with that that means that they're really gonna really up the ante and i think that's a great thing for us
1: yeah, I am excited to see who does it right and who doesn't.
0: Yep. You can use my DAZN too if you want to. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Final one, our end of the year awards. So this one, obviously, you know, we, you had to wait a little bit. And I think that Kayla was a little bit influenced by hers. So <laughs> I want to go first for this one. Fighter of the year, because it does take two to tango, so I think fight of the year is bigger than fighter. But fighter of the year, the double champ, Daniel Cormier. Um, Just look at his record. Uh, Dominated Volcanus Demir, gave Derek Lewis the business on one month notice, and stopped Stipe Miacic, who everyone knew was just the killer at heavyweight to get the job done. Um, look, I know he had a look. His reputation losing to Jones and everything that was that that kind of was stuck with him. I really do feel like this year was just the year of DC. And at the end of the day, he showed up. He put in the work, and I think he changed the, his entire legacy in twelve months. And I think that's saying something when you consider where he was at last year.
1: No, I totally agree. I think that he. I mean, even if if you're just talking on his fighting, but then also just how much the man's just working in MMA and was one of the the first guys to kind of jump on the desk and really pump out some consistent work that I think inspired others and made others feel comfortable with taking a shot at it, too. Um, yep. And yeah, it, what I think I picked Mindy, and I'll explain obviously when we talk about her, but um, kind of just to pick something different in, in who you're picking in Daniel Cormier, because I think when you look at his body of work, he's definitely, you know, maybe done more. Um, but he's also someone that like my pick is just kind of, it has been someone that is being continuously discussed. And I think that that said too, because you can have all the skills and do amazing things like, you know, winning two belts in the heavier divisions. But he's also getting us to talk about MMA consistently. And I think that's something that a lot of people are going to need in 2019 uh, as well, is we need the sport to continually be discussed and, and have people excited to watch it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a big one. Um, look, he's, I'm just so, how can he leave in March? <sighs> he's just getting started. I think that's the biggest thing you know that might be the biggest that's bigger than um, what are the big mysteries like Ross and Rachel will they won't they on friends it's just one of those ridiculous ones for MMA it's like is he really gonna leave but is to have really your, like, do it?
1: to have one of your last years or basically your last full year and it be as incredible as it was for Daniel Cormier like that's a pretty baller way to go out but he needs to fight John Jones. <laughs> he did twice already no.
0: that's a good point
1: too I know I, I want to see it too I want to see it too we might we'll see
0: you see the. you see his dilemma <laughs> no I, I agree with you Look, if he calls it a date I mean uh, what better way to go out it's, it's true also so it's a lot talk to me about your pick though Kayla
1: so the reason why I picked Miss Nunez even though I, I feel like I was talking about her a certain way at the beginning of the show
0: I remember you used to talk about her a certain way a long time. If I'm being honest, <laughs>
1: but that's why the thing is, is the respect is there because I'm not. It's not necessarily that she's my favorite fighter, but I do think yeah. that again, picking someone that's had a lot of discussion um, uh, and that has really held held the like ground after such a big name left, and yep. continue to have people tune into this division. And I mean, really, G. when it comes down to especially the women at the higher weight classes, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an area that not a lot of people want to support unless there is someone that's worth tuning in and someone that, you know, intrigues them with fight, um, building up a fight. And she's half of that. Um, obviously there was the Valentina stuff and even the drama of it and then it getting rescheduled. But um, I think the other reason why I want to respect her, too, of fighter of the year, of course, yes, everything that she just accomplished, what we just saw, and that's what really capped it for me with her, is the Chris Cyborg when doing the undoable um, or the impossible. But also, you know, the UFC was kind of hoping to have that flyweight division really take off and rep the women, and it didn't go their way. And someone had to be there to kind of pick up the slack And I think, you know, in a Rose Namajunas and in Amanda Nunez, they did that. But Amanda really kind of finished the year saying, all right, we got, you know, someone to tune into in 2019 in those in those higher weight classes. And because of the rematch that's being discussed with Chris, she's kind of keeping that door open for 145, too.
0: I think so. And, you know, that's why the big question is what's going to happen at 145? I think that she's made it a lot more intriguing now. And I hope that it's, I hope it continues. I can't say I have the most confidence, unfortunately, but I think that she bought it a little more time if uh, we're being honest about it too. Um, the thing about Amanda to me is that uh, like you, I think I needed a lot more time. I felt like maybe I didn't give her, I, I think I just didn't feel the love for Amanda because I knew that weight was struggling You know, I mean, Raquel Pennington, I love Rocky, but when you haven't fought in over a year and you're still the consensus number one contender, that's, you know, it's tough to say that, yeah, this is someone to get excited about, if I'm being honest. As great as she is, as good as she is, it's about Demetrius Johnson once again, the level of competition, do you really feel it? I think that she proved that, you know what, she's had this kind of talent and level in her all along Maybe we just didn't believe it because we didn't believe in her opposition as much. And I think that really the Chris Cyborg victory is there. I think that this was the one that like, you know, it wasn't just timing. It wasn't just, you know, when you, you know, you're peaking, everyone else seems to be. She really did take out a tough top level person in Chris Cyborg. And I think that kind of validates not just this year but probably the last two, if we're being honest, for her career. And I think that says a lot. And, you know, we don't split it into male or female, but if we did, she would be number one, hands down, even if you put Rose and Valentina together, in my opinion. That is how good a year she really had in getting this done. And I think also honoring her body of work, which, you know, I'm glad. I think it's a lot that you're showing her love because I know how you felt. I know how I felt. Same thing with Cormier. I wasn't always the biggest fan, so I think it says a lot. These two really did have an amazing year.
1: Gee, I think, funny enough, Oliver's uh, finishing out on the last show with me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Going
1: crazy. So for newer uh, MMA fans that tune in, I used to have a roommate, Cat Oliver, that I'm cat-sitting over the holidays, and he loves tuning in, listening to G – go on about getting so passionate (laughs) about MMA, but he's meowing over here, so he completely agrees with everything you just said.
0: Oh my gosh. He's also, he needs to come back to one of our videos one day. That was, he used to, I think, I still have the thumbnails too, I think. So that is, you know, Oliver might be a bigger fan than anybody. I think that's what's funny. Well, Kayla, let's shut, shut it down for Mr. Oliver. It's one thing to be the number one person, but you need to have a dance partner in MMA. So mm-hmm. now the pick for fight of the year, take it away, Miss Kayla.
1: My pick, <laughs> my pick is also just be, it, it's because I had an experience of being there live. Um, and just kind of getting the buildup of working the fight week. Loving these two guys, respecting these two guys, being really excited about the opportunity that these two guys had of finally performing and on the stage and being, you know, these top contenders. Um, my fight of the year is Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. This was really hard G because there was quite a few fights that I think could have been fight of the year, but I remember feeling very torn and, torn so much so that i just wanted to call my prediction a draw because i really didn't want either man to um completely shut down the other i wanted them both to have a good performance because i want to see them both keep fighting and eventually have to fight for the belt um I love just where Anthony Pettis was at in his career of kind of making this this resurgence. Obviously, Tony Ferguson finally coming back after some injury and a lot of the politics coming into play. I felt how much both men wanted it because I was lucky enough to be credentialed for this fight and get to interview them live. And then if we actually talk about the fight, I mean, wow. Both men went for it. Both men were showing off their skills and of you know, just being such evolved fighters with high level striking, with great transitions on the ground, um, it getting bloody and brutal, and both of them just loving every moment of trying to make this entertaining and really, I think, kind of try to steal the shine of the main event being Connor versus Habib. But, um, and then funny enough, The fight, you know, kind of ended in a way where I want to eventually see it played back because, you know, there was the hand injury to where Anthony Pettis's team had to throw in the towel. It wasn't, in my eyes, like a total dominant performance loss. So I kind of got what I could have, the closest thing to a draw, I guess, that I could have (laughs) gotten. Um, Yeah, I mean, just even talking about this fight, I think it was just such an important one for both men. They both delivered in their own way. And I think that their next fights are going to be strategically picked and exciting because of this performance and
0: what they showed in it. I can hear how happy you are just talking about it. And uh, that's a that was a great one. And I, I know I didn't show it maybe the love in the moment because. Somebody insisted that it's going to be a draw, and I just (laughs) have never been at a bigger loss for words. Um, No, look, it was was great. It was fun. It was exciting. Um, I really feel uh, you make a lot more of the hand injury. I truly feel like nothing would have stopped Tony Ferguson. (laughs) I know Anthony Pettis was giving him the business for a minute, but I really feel like he just wouldn't be denied. He took the leg kicks after coming off that ridiculous knee injury mm-hmm. and people asking if he can even be 100%. Man, that was just bananas. Um it really was crazy. Let me tell you something. Uh, to tell you how good it was, I watched that one with my father and here's something you got to know is that he can sometimes be very patronizing. He he still thinks GSP is the man if we're being honest. He I don't think yeah. he's aware, you know, sometimes that he is, but GSP hasn't fought in a minute. And even he was like, I really want to see Tony Ferguson fight again. I, I, like, I like El Kukui. And I was like, he, you never say that. That is how big a deal it is. Mind you, Kayla, I've taken him with me. He has seen fighters like John Jones and Kane Velasquez live. And he never says that. That is how good <laughs> Tony Ferguson was. Um, look, it was fun I think that they had one of the more energetic scraps of the year, and I really enjoyed it. I think that the fight for lightweight is Tony versus Habib. I know that there was a lot of love for Conor because he's a star, and I get that. But you asked me genuinely, who are the two lightweights who have done work? It's Tony and it's Habib, and I think the winner of that one, they could say best lightweight, I think, in the, of uh, the last decade. I really think they are both that good, and they've developed that part of their game to be there. So I think that's the top one of 2019. There are very few fights, but that is one of them that just has to happen. And we need Nevada to get these guys, you know, scheduled because I want to see the fight already. (laughs) But I had one more, Kayla, and I'm not going to lie. I was so tempted. I deleted it, wrote it, rewrote it. I really wanted to tell you it was Justin Poirier and Justin Gaethje because uh-huh. I still think that one, I will watch it just when I'm bored just because it's so much fun, but I gave it to a championship fight. This one had drama, but at the end of the day, two high-level guys at the championship level who delivered, and that was Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero. Why don't you talk oh to me about gosh. this Oh,
1: gosh. I mean, when I saw that you pitched that, that probably would have been my pick, Um I mean, <laughs> I'm actually gonna re-watch this when we finish our our podcast because I didn't rewatch it because I was like, I don't even know if I can go through that again. I just remember being <laughs> like, jumping out of my seat. I feel like I've talked about this when I would tell people like, yeah, I'm an MMA reporter, and they're like, had never really watched the sport. I wanted to create a list of fights just to kind of have them watch just because I knew it would like make them an instant fan. And this is one of those ones. I mean, to get a fight played back like that, to see the heart that was in it, to see some of the the damage that both men took, the fact that they're both, like, I don't know if they're still recovering, but it was months of recovery. um And, and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's hard to even talk. It literally has me, like, lost for words. But, gee, what rounds, which moments I know that stuck out to you. There was so much that was going on, but... Robert Whittaker's heart there and Yoel Romero just like, you know, changing things up. Um,
0: it was incredible. The fact that uh, it played out a lot like the first one, Whittaker was more assertive, but then Romero cracks him in the middle of the fight. I remember that one. I remember Romero does that spinning back elbow that was so fast that you thought that, <laughs> you know, he broke the sound barrier with it. Man, that one was crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hard about like just the moments that stood out and i think yeah the heart on whitaker uh i i say it all the time he is one of my new favorites um i think when i started you have this list but then it's like well who's you know who's the guy right now i always put robert whitaker on it since um i think right before he won the title i just love his style i love his attitude and i like that he's having this moment not just for himself but australian mma and everything I think he's representing it really well and yo Romero I mean that dude is just a tank and I'll say it right now him and Paulo Costa is gonna be bananas also mm-hmm. they are really gonna bring it if they finally book that one and um yeah I think that if you need to get excited watch this one back like you said it was just too much fun and you know that's why it was fight of the year the weight cut and everything, all that drama, I think that you forget about that when you watch it and you see how they both went after it and delivered. Oh my gosh, but Kayla, what am I gonna do? 2019 champion versus champion and people coming back and this and that. It is so crazy. And um, man, this has been just really, really quite a run. Guys, obviously there's no UFC to predict, so there's no real stuff to really continue with now. We will be taking a, or I will be taking the show on a hiatus for a while. I do plan hopefully to be back before the end of January, but things will be seen from there. I will be keeping everyone in the loop on social media, on Twitter for everything about the future of the show. Um Kayla, you will obviously be the first to know who is going to be on the other side of the line mm-hmm. coming in 2019. But yeah, you know, we are here and I just really felt like we should close out talking about just a lot of the little stuff that we've had a lot of fun doing and then I'll pass it to you. But until then, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and let us have our conversation. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV, just spell out the word double. Kayla, where can new fans find you now to support you?
1: Um well, if you guys have any interest in ocean science or just kind of yeah, like ocean facts. I mean, right now I'm I'm starting school, so I'm kind of just using my Instagram to really um I guess share the love that I have for the ocean. I've been really surprised at how many people continue to follow me and it just makes me feel happy because um, my, one of my other passions I have, you know, such strong feelings for is the environment and how we really need to take care of it. Um, and just the beauty that the ocean has. I mean, there's so much that is not discovered there. And I think it's important for people to still feel really connected to it. Um, yeah. So I've loved all the support of people, you know, totally seeing me change in a new direction and being really supportive there. You included, G, of course um always one of my number one supporters and so yeah if I'll you do want to um you know just kind of see my growth uh in that that area and field and you know kind of see me explore and learn more about the ocean um that's at kayla Seas, k-a-y-l-a-c-s-e-a-s um And gee, yeah, I mean, it's been so much fun. I am still going to always tune in to watch your coverage. And I love the growth that, you know, I've seen you just kind of build from when we did our first thing, our first segment (laughs) and then podcast and you just keep covering more and more shows. You're doing amazing. Um, So I'm very excited to see who else joins this podcast. I'll be probably a little jealous in the beginning, but, um, you know, always love and support you. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited now just as a fan to watch MMA and see how everything develops with everything we just talked about the streaming, you know, um, cross promotion championship fights, like there's so much exciting stuff happening in the sport. So it's going to be hard to tune or to not tune in um but yeah enjoy the 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 fights mma fans when they get back started i know january is going to be busy one out here in the la area so g has got you covered and
0: yeah well no we we can't say goodbye yet we gotta have our favorite moments oh
1: we're talking okay i didn't know if we're doing this just between ourselves or on
0: not just no not yet of course we to that yes we will go off the air but you know what Kayla so I really wanted us to close it out for the fans really discussing a lot before we say I'll let you sign us off and I'll cue that up for you but Kayla there's a lot of things I still want to ask you so let's go through a few of them first off I once bet you that if Tony and Anthony Pettis went to a draw I said I would get you a bottle of proper 12 whiskey <laughs> I what were you gonna get me
1: um, I didn't know that we were actually betting.
0: Of course. I know you wouldn't have <laughs> let me forget that okay, Gabriel, well, I, I guess,
1: want whiskey. I guess I'll have to get you a proper 12 whiskey bottle bed.
0: Just keep okay. supporting
1: our, I guess.
0: <laughs> Okay. You know what? Um, I think a lot of the things that I remember was the stuff that we kind of just started to find out about each other. Um, I did not realize how into Halloween you were. That always stood out to me um i think that learning little things on our adventures and i think also just the times where we had the fun segments so uh, this one i think was maybe our original but we picked fighter nicknames for each other um i really want to bring it up one more time i still remember i was like okay what is kayla and i don't think people realize that you and i weren't the friends we are now when we did that so I was like, OK, you want to pick something nice to her because you don't want to, like,
1: wow. make her
0: mad just when we're getting started. But you also want to be fun and true to it. And that's when I came up with Firecracker for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that you really enjoy it. I but did. I still, you know, you make me sound way cooler than I am when you pick the gangster. And I always <laughs> like to, I, I'm not going to lie, I could hear you tell the story a million times while you pick that one.
1: Well, yeah, it was right around the Connor and Floyd uh, fight going on, too, or build up. And, you know, we saw him with the, uh, you know, team uh, TMT. And we had to have a double G um, or actually, what is it? Triple G. Yep. Gabriel Gangsta Gonzalez. It was just perfect. I could see the merch already being uh, (laughs) created in my mind. And, and, you know, G got that little gangsta flair. Oh um, yeah, I really liked those segments. I enjoyed the ones where we were actually, you know, live, um, covering the events because it's just more fun when you're actually feeling that in energy. And I think that us growing as reporters was such, you know, it was so nice. I, I hope for fans to kind of hear us learn from each event and, um, you know, find new ways of, sharing behind-the-scenes stuff or, or really building up why they should tune into that fight night. I'd like to think that we are a part of it, of why some people tuned in and watched certain fights.
0: Oh, I love that part, too. I think that um, when you really got into it for us this year, we really just became part of the story of a bunch of them, whether we were at Bellator, whether, we're, whether we were at this other events and we were traveling and sometimes we were there together sometimes i'd be on location sacramento or it would be you in san jose and vegas and it it really just became you know i think that's those are the moments where i respected what we were building so much because i knew how much work i was putting in when i travel and i knew how much you were also and the fact that we were still doing it you know the show every week and we'd find time that's a very rare thing. And those are the moments where I was like, you know, I'm very proud to be doing this. I'm very happy we're doing it. And um, look, we're not Joe Rogan. We're not Ariel Hawani on ESPN, but we talk about it and we bring it and we've always had fun. And um, I always say this, this is one of the things I respected so much about you. It's why I love and respect what you're doing, going after your new endeavors that when Kayla commits to something, she puts her heart into it. She really does. And that was one of the things why we got along so well for MMA. And that's why we are going to continue to be close friends and be, you know, just each other's team and support because that is the respect that we've built up doing this. And I think that's really the thing I always go back to um, is that at a time when we started the show, I was still really reinventing a lot for myself. And I remember, you know, It was one of the times I was doing a lot solo and I was like, well, I don't want to do a show by myself. And I can say right now that I never expected to enjoy being on a team as much as I did because I'd been through a lot and I was really feeling jaded with a lot of just team. And I don't think people maybe realize that. And really I was just so impressed. I was so motivated working with you and I really just would be very proud. And you really just became not just part of my routine, but a part of my life because I knew we were committing to this and building it. And that to me has always stood out is that, you know, for as much as I got MMA wise, it was what I needed to be on a team with you for a personal part of my life. And I always let you know that and respect that and really just want to say thank you. You know, you gave your time, and I would bring it, and you would bring it, and I never had to question that, Kayla. And that, to me, is always going to be very priceless, and I want to give you that acknowledgement on the airs that this time, to me, has been very special, and I mean that.
1: Well, thank you, G, and I've noticed that, too, in the growth um, and how you continue to grow, and you see the passion with each event, so it makes me feel good that, you know, I was able to be a part of that, and it was so much fun being on the show and covering events with you. And that's why, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to tune in and and definitely send you texts when crazy moments like Amanda Nunez knocking out Chris Cyborg happen.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to, like I said, for all the fans listening, we're going to support each other all the time, and we're always going to be a team. And I support Kayla 100%, and she is always welcome Kayla, you are always going to be MMA wifey. We came up with this quite a long time ago, and you just had my back, and really, you're irreplaceable in that way. I am going to be continuing the show, and we're going to bring great content, but you are a very irreplaceable part of everything, and I just really want to close my part by saying that to you personally. Kayla, the floor is yours. To talk about MMA daily to talk about everything I support you to the bottom of the ocean and back <laughs> whatever you'd like to say my friend the floor is yours
1: yeah well thank you G and I feel like if a crazy fight happens and you don't have a co-host for some reason that day maybe I'll make a guest celebrity appearance um, but yeah I mean I walk away from the sport now just as a fan and I'll always have love for it I appreciate all the friendships that I've made Um, you know, on this journey and what I've gained from it myself. Um, yeah, a lot. I've definitely learned a lot about myself and really have love for, you know, the sport as a whole. I hope it goes in the right direction and keeps growing. Um, and I'm so grateful for having so much fun on the podcast and all of you guys listening in and supporting me on my page and DMing me and talking to me about fights. It's been a really fun ride. So, definitely keep tuning in. Like G said, double G on TV. He will keep you up to date with what's going on with MMA Daily. And G, I'll tune in to you on the air.